rising from the mountaintops, out of the plains, from the oceans, rivers, and valleys of Texas, to your beautiful ears out there listening to the Texas 1A Fan, I am Boo Boo Bear here with Bobby Brown. Hey, how's everybody doing out there in 1A land? Bobby, you put together a fantastic show today. We're going a new route. We've got some great guests coming on today. It's going to be Coach York out of Paducah and Coach Cole out of Avalon. Bobby, tell us a little bit about these fantastic guys and what exactly it is that they're doing for Texas 1A. Coach York is the current treasurer of the Texas Six-Man Coaches Association, and Coach Malcolm Cole is the vice president. And they are joining us today to tell us a little bit about the virtual clinic that will be happening here in a couple weeks for all 1A coaches. You know, Bobby, let's, let's lift the veil just a little bit. We've, we've had an opportunity to talk to these two guys. And one thing that I'm going to tell the viewers that they don't see whenever we're, we're doing these interviews is the passion, the compassion, and the love that these guys have for all the boys and girls out there and all the hard work they're doing, you know, they want to see these kids out there playing. They want to see these kids out there practicing. They just want to make sure that it's done in a safe and, and a, a great grand manner that you're not going to be ruined for life because, you know, of your love of sports and what we wanted to see. And I was really impressed by, by uh, I guess, the love and devotion they have towards Texas 1A, it really makes me feel like they definitely did a good job of putting some of the right people in the right places out there. They did. They indicated they agonized over the decision to cancel the all-star portion, the six-man coaches association a week is what they have. They really had to do that because of logistics, facilities where the students and the players stay. They actually closed, Midwesterners closed this summer for a physical activity on campus, as many institutions are. So um, they had absolutely no place to play or have the kids uh, stay for the week that they're there to work out, which is kind of sad, but I, I know that it, it was a really, really difficult decision and one that they did not take lightly. Hey, at these all-star games, just, just a quick question that popped in my head here. Do they have like an all-star band that shows up or do they have an all-star cheerleading group for the, the groups that go in there? Um, or is that something new that we could, you know, get in there going? How cool would it be if everything at the event was all all-stars? It was all all-star cornets, all all-star trombones, bass players, and then the all-star drum major and the all-star cheerleaders from around the, the state. How cool would that be? That would be kind of cool. Uh, they, they do not have that right now. They have basketball and football. And that's the, those are the two sports. I mean, shoot, I'd like to see track. You know, track's my favorite. <laughs> well, behind football. I, I think of it really as at the other end of the spectrum because you begin with football and you end with track. So I really, really enjoy those two, which is weird. Everybody thinks I should have basketball as my favorite, but you know, I played that for 11 years and after a while you get kind of burnt out. <laughs> well, we had Coach Blacker, a friend of yours from Jayden, and he's probably like a friend of yours there, Jimmy Boo Boo Bear. You know, he got to tell us a little bit about what it was like to lose out on playing in the state game. And he handled it like a gentleman. 
And he, he talked about it. And it, I know it had to have been agonizing, but to hear his words and to hear him talk about it, it was just something that happened. They wished it could have went differently. But now here we are talking about these boys, these young men that, that were chosen as all-stars that weren't able to play. And, and to them, each of them, I'd like to say, it doesn't make you any less an all-star. You guys, the, the world is what it is right now. We're going through something. It's something new. It's going to be something you're going to be able to talk about forever. And the quality of your play, the things you did during the season, and the, the strength that you showed is also going to show in strength and maturity. I, I hate it for you guys. I, I wish things could be different. But as to add to your, your repertoire, to your courageousness, I, I know you guys understand, you know, and I know it hurts, but it, it's just what happened. And I want you to understand that I think you guys are just as much an all-star, probably, probably the greatest group of all-stars because you've had to do something different than any of the other ones had to do. That's you true. have to tighten up your cleats and think, you know, I may never play this game again. Or maybe it'll it'll open something up in them where it, it drives them to get out there and play at that collegiate level. Because the first thing everybody asks in this Texas 1A thing is, how many boys are playing college football? And those numbers are growing. They're growing every year. Six they really man, are. Because, you know, these six-man players, they got something instilled in them that a lot of coaches are trying to instill at the collegiate level. And that's hard. And when you play at these little levels and when you play every position and you play every down, there's some kids, believe it or not, Bobby, that probably played 98% of every play for four years going through high school from freshman year to the year they graduate, every kickoff, every kickoff return, every offensive play, every defensive play. They probably went on the sideline because their head fell off and then they, they duct taped their head back on and they got back out there on the next play. Because that's the heart these six-man kids got. I think collegiate coaches are starting to realize that there is an abundance of heart here in six-man. I think you're right. You know, and that includes the girls, too. They have an all-star game for basketball. They work really hard. We have East and West basketball, and girls and boys. The viciousness of girls basketball. Oh, my gosh. Like, okay. I'm like everybody else. I didn't start watching girls basketball a lot until, you know, my school got involved and we went a little higher and we moved up, you know, where I watched. I was shocked at the level of play. I was asking dumb questions like, wow, girls are really starting to play harder. Girls are really getting better. And I get looks from these moms, grandmas, and dads, and they're like, son, girls have always played like this. This is one of the roughest sports, the heart, you know, the – the motivation, the, the joy. What I like most about girls basketball is is they're, sometimes they're their own cheerleaders. They do that cheer, that dance, that little choreographed skit. I don't know what you call it before the basketball. <laughs> like the pregame motivation <laughs> really is what it is. That's one of the funnest things to watch. If you guys get a chance to go watch a girls basketball game, show up early and get there to watch them do their uh, pregame, or as I call it, because those things are awesome and some of them are really good that's true that's true well without further ado we're going to get into it now for all of you tonight we've got coach cole and coach york they are the heart and soul the embodiment of six-man football and if you're new to this or if you've got questions you're not going to be able to ask them tonight but just listen in uh we've got a little show we're going to put something together and uh guys one thing that I wanted to bring up if I had a chance to speak to somebody after seeing some playoff games and things down the road 
is can we do something about that sideline stripe that's about one inch thick on these bigger football fields? Can we make it a standard where it's a, a six inch or eight inch sideline, maybe mark around the football field? And go ahead and introduce yourselves as well. That'd be good. <laughs> I'm Coach York, uh, John York. I'm currently at uh, Paducah ISD, uh, athletic director, head football coach, head track coach. And I'm also the treasurer of Texas Six-Man Coach Association. As far as the stripe goes, ours is pretty wide. So I don't know about the fields that you're looking at, but no, no, we, we make, we make let, ours pretty wide. Let's say that we were going to friendship uh, or playing on a 4A, 3A, you know, venue. Oh, like, like for the playoffs. Yes, you show up. They give you this one little thin stripe. And, you know, nobody's really sure where the sideline is. And I was thinking, you know, like, golly, in the – thousand years that there's been six-man football, nobody's come in here and, and said, hey, we're going to need a stripe on that sideline to make it visible for both teams and all the kids. To I saw a lot of stopping, and I did see a kid from McLean called for a penalty against a kid from Rankin, and he should have never got that penalty. It's just that nobody could actually see where that, that line was. You know, I think when it comes to the playoffs, we're kind of at the mercy of of those bigger fields that are, are gracious enough in the first place to, to host the big playoff games. So, you know, we, we can talk to them to try and get them a little bit wider, but, you know, really it's it's their call because it's their field. And then most of those turf fields, they'll put a, a temporary paint down. And and I'm guessing that, you know, they're, they're going to put as little as they can so that it's easier to clean up. I mean, that, that's what I'm thinking anyway. Well, well you, know, you know, you could always go to Lotney. They put in a turf field that's 11-man, but they also had the six-man lines drawn on there because uh, because lots of games happen there for six-man playoffs. But last year, they decided to charge too much, I believe, so, um, so no one had any playoff games there, so their lines didn't pay off for them. Yeah, so here we are. What's on everybody's tongue, what's on everybody's thoughts is this COVID-19. And no matter where you stand on that side of the fence, there, there's a set of rules out there that we've got to abide by. And as far as what the six-man association and as far as what you guys are planning for the future, how, how do you feel about this uh, virtual coaching thing coming up? And uh, what, what are your hopes uh, as we move forward in this? And I, I'm just hoping they keep it going. I'm just hoping that we get to see football all the way through this year. And forward, so you guys are on the forefront, basically paving the way for what's going to happen in the future, and it's a big responsibility. What are your thoughts and feelings on this? Well, I'm Coach Colts from Avalon. I'm the head football coach, uh, and I do some assistant principal duties here at Avalon. Uh, I think when we when we sat down, we took numerous had numerous meetings and numerous conversations about this. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've contacted Coach Short and all the officers about what we were going to do because as the vice president of the association, you're also responsible for putting together the speaker and part of the clinic. You know, I, I think that we all had to sit down and be real with ourselves. We, you know, we know nobody wanted to get rid of the all-star games. That was one of the hard decisions personally that I've ever had to vote upon. And I know I can't speak to coach, but I know that we've had numerous conversations that it was a very trying time on all of us because we, these seniors lost out on so much in the spring we didn't want to take that away from them, but ultimately it came down to their safety and, and doing what's best for the kids. No one wanted to take, had to take that risk of them coming up and getting themselves exposed or anything like that. So we had to make a decision. As far as the clinic goes, that was more hard conversations. We just decided that 
we wanted to make sure we provided our coaches something to allow them to grow. And we felt like this virtual clinic was going to be a way to provide them with information, guidance on numerous things. Um, we've got a great lineup, I feel like, right now of speakers that's going to be able to provide us guidance on many different types of things. Still provide us with that camaraderie and things like that that we always gain from the clinic itself. So I, I think it's going to, you know, unfortunately with the situation with COVID, it's, it's going to be a case-by-case -case situation with each school. Hopefully, you're right. I mean, I, I so much hope we get to play football in the in the fall, but I think we're going to be at the mercy of what guidance we get from the state, and then I think it's going to come a lot on local decisions and district decisions and things like that. I mean, we're going to always turn to UIL for guidance and, and just try to make the best decisions we can for our students and kids and, and communities and things like that. Well, the UIL recently decided that we could live stream broadcasts on Friday evening. Do your, either of your schools have plans to do that? That's a, what do they call it? A, a work in progress, maybe? I mean, you yeah. know, they just announced that, I think, last week. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sure that, you know, we would all love to have the opportunity to broadcast our games live and stream them or, or whatever. But, you know, we we are somewhat tied up on, on what it's going to cost us to get to that point. So some of us smaller schools may not have that available. I'm sure there will be some that will. I know we'll try, but I don't know. It just depends on how much it's going to cost us, what the setup's going to be, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, in a perfect world, we're going to have people in the, in the stands, you know, because that's what I makes hope so. all communities thrive. So I don't know, but we've got to try and do something. I know that. Sure, I'm, I'm with you on that right there because it is that atmosphere. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what level of football you played at. On Friday night, when you hear those drums and you hear that screaming and you get the yelling, you get the vibe, you more or less feel it before, you know, you get out there as you're walking in there. And when you get those big games and, and everybody's got that intensity and, and you know it's going to be something that night, it doesn't matter if you're a visitor that night, if you're a scout out there in the stands, you feel that. It, it gets in your heart and there is that certain feeling of just being there in the stands and in the football game. And I really hope the youth of tomorrow and as we move forward, they, they can still feel that and see that because it is one of the greatest shows in high school that you're going to go to is going to that football game for the pageantry, for going for the show, from the coaching to the refs to the lights, to the, even the concession stand food. I mean, it is it's just the atmosphere alone. And, man, I, I really hope everybody gets to experience that. For sure, for sure. I mean, there's nothing like – Friday Night Lights in Texas, let alone, you know, Friday Night Lights. I mean, that's what it's all about. Can you imagine the the lack of atmosphere without fans if you were to play games this fall, but with no fans? You know, personally, I was listening. I listened to a lot of sports radio talk, which, you know, whatever on that. But, you know, there was a conversation on one of the radio stations about that same thing. And, you know, they were talking about mimicking the background noise and stuff like that. There is nothing that's ever going to replace the sound <laughs> of fans cheering. And, no. and, you know, even as a coach, hearing that chabber in the background, you know, you're dodging things as you, cause they come out <laughs> and, you know, dodging things. But, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's part of it. And, I mean, you know, some people don't like that. But me personally, I just ignore it. I think it's amusing at times. But that's, that's part of the atmosphere, you know, and, listening to fans and hearing them cheer and keep for the kids listening to them get their names called yeah. and people cheering for them. I mean, 
that's an experience in itself that you can't experience in anything else in high school, much like that. So I think it it's going to be hard for the kids and coaches and everything else if we don't have it. But you know, we will we will succeed some way with it. We've we've all been trying to find some kind of sports during this time to watch. I mean, you you can look at. Bundesliga soccer with no fans in it. You know, we watch some of that, and then you watch the PGA golf tournament this weekend and no fans. I mean, it's quite a bit different, even, you know, just I'm sure for the players as well because there's no, you know, there's nobody heckling you behind you, especially on the golf course. It's got to make it an easier <laughs> easier play. Seemed like there were some low scores from what I understand. <laughs> Maybe because of all the quiet. I know the NASCAR drivers have said a few things about having the races with no fans because, you know, they're used to having hundreds of thousands of fans there. One of them said, I just won the race, but there's no fans. So <laughs> there was no fanfare. <laughs> Like, just drink your milk and get in the corner, guy. You're all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I, you know, uh, speaking of the fans, few, this goes back a few years. Um, this was, I think, the last time Throckmorton won a state championship. I got to go watch a, a Throckmorton game, and I was sitting across from Throckmorton, and I was so impressed with what they did. They had these 30-foot flags on, like, PVC pipe. They were just going back and forth, and every kid – what I imagine was their JV and their junior high football team had their shirts off. They were all painted purple and yellow or gray, whatever they were. And they were, I remember them all just shaking these big canisters and the fans, they had like this unison of like, pop, 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 and then they just kept cheering and cheering. And I know a lot of times kids say, you know, when I'm on the football field, I'll block that out or I'm not really listening. I'm listening to my coach. I'm listening to the play. I'm trying to get in the right spot. But when I saw a kid catch a ball at the 20, pop up and he was just like boom pointing back at the stands and everybody's just erupted and that place is going nuts damn you know right there that energy was just through the roof and they were unstoppable going through that fourth quarter and without that I think that's where we're gonna feel the wanting of our fans because yeah they're not at the practices well I mean I'm sure you get the moms and dads at a lot of practices but <laughs> overall they're not at the practices and they're not out there sweating in the heat doing that. They And I know a lot of the dads will be like, well, I've done my time there. And you have, sir. Good job. But where, where can we go without that fourth quarter, without that third quarter, without those chants, without the band? I'm just talking about it alone. I'm, I'm like, woo, getting excited for August to come hit because, I mean, like you said, it, it is football time in Texas, and, and that's its own thing. Yeah, it's – you know, it's one of those things. It's – this has all been new to us. You know, it's it's going to fall on us coaches, I guess, and, and our staffs to find a way to motivate those kids with without fans being in the stands. You know, it's going to be a learning curve for all of us. Uh, I think it's something that that we probably look forward to. I know, I know I look forward to getting the kids back more than just six feet away and all that, you know, give them a high five. I mean, geez, come on. But, yeah, it's going to take some adjusting for sure. I agree. I think it's going to be a big adjustment for us all. I think that we're going to have to find new ways, be creative. I think the one thing that being in, you know, multiple different uh, spots, you know, some small administration jobs and stuff like that, I think COVID-19 taught us that it's the time to be creative, the time to be try to go outside of our comfort levels a little bit. And I think that's, a, like Coach said, we're going to have to find, as coaches, new ways to motivate our kids and 
get them that same type of excitement in the event there are not fans in the stands. Yeah, and I'm really hoping for a lot of courage from from those on the UIO and, and those that are out there because you're always going to get somebody that says, if we save even one, I've noticed that uh, working, you know, from myself in school to the military, law enforcement, and to just oil field jobs, you've always got one person that will show up and say, if we can just save just one. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, maybe at some point, 20 years down the road, we don't know what the answer is. But the world's going to be looking, or the state of Texas, our world's going to be looking at what we're doing now and what the decisions are. And, you know, I don't want to say that I put sports above anything else, but, man, it's it's up there on that top shelf somewhere. I just – I know that I'd hate for someone to have missed out on an opportunity because, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, we're not all going to go to college. Maybe we're not all going to be at that next level. But you can't take that away. It doesn't matter if you're a 50-point underdog going into the last game of your career, if you're that 17, 18 year old, you're going to give it everything you've got and you're going to play it like it's your last game. And you know, it's the last time you're going to be on that field. Just want to give them those opportunities and, and that same feeling, you know, and that goes for basketball, you know, that goes for girls softball and everything. There were so many conversations that had to have been had this year with so many brokenhearted youth that I, I just can't imagine as a coach, what you go in there and tell somebody like, Hey, I'm sorry, but the world is what it is right now, and we're just not going to be able to go through with this. But, you know, buck up. You know, come on, champ. <laughs> we talk about adversity all the time, you know, and this is one of those times when kids have been able to face adversity and, and overcome it and, and step up and, and move forward. You know, you mentioned the UIL, and I think the UIL has, has done a great job of, of doing what they do and trying to find a way for us to, to work with our kids and, and do what's best for kids. You know, I don't know if very many people know it, but most of everybody else in the country didn't even get to start their state basketball tournament. And UIL, we went as long as we could. And then, you know, they made a decision that they felt was best. And, you know, that, it, that's a difficult decision for them. I think that in hindsight that they probably did the right thing uh, without a doubt. So, you know, they're, they're having heavy hearts, too, because, you know, UIL is, is all about the activities and everything for, for our kids from 1A to, to 5A, 6A. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, they're, they're going to do what's best with the safety of all of our kids and coaches and staffs in mind. So, you know, we, we got to keep that in mind, too, because they, they do have a big job ahead of them, and we just got to look for them for guidance and leadership. They definitely do. I would not to uh, really want to work at the UIL right now. <laughs> I've told uh, people in my office that um, after this is, I don't know that it's ever going to be over, over, but once we kind of get past the big hump, we can all put emergency management expert on our resumes. <laughs> no doubt. Jeez. <laughs> We've, we've got the COVID-19 question out there. Now, let's talk about something positive and fun that's been happening, even, you know, even here in Six Man, and that's media. That's your YouTubes. That's your Twitters. Uh, you know, all the media that you're able to do, get out there as far as your teams and your kids and the attention they're getting. Do you think, well, I would say do you think, I really feel that there's a lot more colleges, junior colleges and smaller colleges looking at kids in six-man football and seeing athletes, seeing kids that wouldn't have been noticed, you know, five, ten years ago saying, hey, th this kid looks like he can run. This kid looks like he can catch. Uh, 
this guy can play some ball. What do y'all think about that? Do you, do you think that's been helping the game as much as I do, or is it just something I'm dreaming up over here? No, I think you're hitting it spot on. I mean, I want to say thank you to you guys uh, at 1A Fan. I mean, you know, every – from the things y'all did during football season with the players of the week and things like that, and then, you know, the publicity that you guys are able to provide for our kids, that's, that's things that – you know, like we said earlier, it's hard for us to provide all those things because you wear so many hats at the 1A level. You're doing everything from transportation to teaching classes to coaching football. It, it, you want to be able to do those things, but it's hard to do it. So I want to say thank you to you guys for what y'all are able to do. And then obviously having platforms like Huddle and things like that where we can quickly pull a clip of a kid and send it to someone has made that where we can really publicize that, hey, just because he's a 1A football player, a six-man football player, does not mean that he can't play football. Football is football, you know, and I think that sometimes gets – you have to – coaches have to see if those kids can play, and having those media outlets like you guys to send that and the ability to send things through huddle only allows us to expand our horizon for our kids more and more, you know, as we move forward. It seems like every, every spring – we've had more and more kids in 1A communities going to the next level. I've noticed that we've had more, maybe they just now got social media um, at their school, because you know, sometimes that's a little on the back burner because I'm one of those who searches Twitter for all, kind, all the schools, make sure that, that I have everybody on, on our list. Uh, but I've noticed that there's been an increase in students, student athletes who are going to the next level from 1A schools. And that makes me happy, makes me very happy. Okay, let's turn back to the clinic for just a little bit. Coach Cole, what kind of speakers do you have for the clinic? And maybe give us some information about the subject area of some of the presentations. Well, we have a, I feel like we have a, like I said earlier, we have a really good lineup of speakers. With it being a virtual clinic this year, we have an opportunity to partner with BSN. Clay Conradi at, at the Wichita Falls BSN has been outstanding to work with. He has provided us with a great platform to be able to provide quality speakers through our association coaches and then providing us with speakers that they use for BSN to give us, I feel like, one of the best lineup of speakers that we've had in a while. He has been outstanding to work with. Their tech guys are wonderful. You know, headlining our first day is Coach John. You're going to be talking about some track. Uh, you know, we got some of our, our really, you know, tenured coaches that have had multiple years of experience and, and uh, success going to provide us with some great information and insight to how they do things in their programs. Coach Jeff Jones from Garden City is going to talk a little bit about how what he does offensively and things like that. Our keynote speaker is actually going to be uh, Greg Tepper, who, uh, you know, is the editor for Dave Campbell's magazine. He's going to talk a little bit about publicity and a lot of the things that you guys do for us. And, and, and you know, those guys over there have, have worked hard for us as well. Uh, we thank you for everything they do. Then BSN is also providing us with uh, Robert Hackett, who's a world-class sprinter. We're going to have some presentation from the, the director of primary care sports medicine from Baylor. She's going to give us some uh, information on how to potentially, you know, protect our staff and students with COVID-19 and some best practices that might be available to us, you know, obviously that we can uh, manage. Then an NBA uh, coach, Mike, I'm going to pronounce it, mispronounce it, Brian Prosopio, Prosopio. I'm sorry, I'm not mispronounced that. Uh, going to give us some, uh, NBA, former NBA player is going to give us some 
insight on basketball things. And then just the list goes on with our coaches, Coach Mark Stevens from St. Joe, uh, Coaches Jason Bryles, uh, Sean Harrison from, he's at Iron County now, going to give us some more ba basketball insight, Josh Maul from Aquila, and Coach Pashovsky from Buena Vista. You know, just a really good lineup of coaches that will, you know, give us great insight of their programs and things like that. And then also, you know, the things that BSN is able to provide with this uh, coach, uh, Kyle Hancock, with one of the great BSN speakers that they have. It's going to give us some baseball insight. Then we always have our traditional uh, UIL update. And then something we're going to do a little different this year is, you know, we had this idea that we wanted to bring all of our state champions together to, uh, in one round table to not just football, because we've always done a football uh, Q&A with our state champions, but bring all the state champions together and kind of get an insight from all the different programs, basketball, you know, baseball, softball, whatever we could get. Unfortunately, COVID's going to kind of limit that. So I've been communicating with them. I think we may even reach out to some previous state champions and, mm. and get them on and just really, you know, ask some questions and get some insight to how they're doing things within their programs and how we can all learn and take some information from that. Then we'll, of course, we'll have our general meeting and our, and our director's meeting after that. But I'm really excited about the clinic. Uh, I know that I have blown Coach York and those guys up day in and day out, but I, I'm so happy to work with a great group like the officers that we have. Um, they've helped me out a ton, and, and I just hope we can put together a great clinic for our coaches. Now, will the clinic be recorded? So let's say a, a coach who can't – or. The, they listen to a presentation that they really want to get access to again. Will they be able to do that? Yes, ma'am. Um, BSN is going to uh, record everything, and we are <laughs> going to have those posted. Correct me if I'm wrong, Coach. We're going to be putting those on our Texas Six Man Coach Association website, where that they will be able to uh, thank you again, 1A fan, for that too. The, be able to go in there and look at those previously recorded uh, clinic speakers and be able to access it pretty much any time. You know, that, that's going to be a huge advantage that we'll be able to use. I know that with the COVID-19 thing, I've already kind of made plans for my staff that we're going to watch that. If they're not able to be in attendance when we, we have it, we're going to watch it together as a staff just to, you know, gather as much knowledge as we can because I think that's going to be the biggest thing with going through this is you need to gather as much knowledge as you can, apply what you can, and, and do what's best based upon the recommendations you're getting. That's great. Coach York, have you had uh, a lot of registrations for the virtual clinic? Well, you know, the, the way our, our uh, registration goes is technically everyone that coaches that have registered, they've already registered because uh, our, our clinic ties into our registration for the 2019-2020 fiscal year. Uh, but we have had quite a few that have already registered for going forward, which that's what most coaches do. Uh, there's been a good response as far as people registering. The majority, you know, like I said, the majority of our coaches are already pre-registered, so to speak, uh, and then they just show up. So, you know, they'll have they'll have an email access to, to be able to get on to the virtual clinic, and, you know, it, it will be up to the district chairs and the head coaches to share that information with their coaching staffs so that they can – access and, and attend you know the the nice thing about having a virtual clinic is we can potentially have more coaches than we normally do just because they're able to attend a session from the comfort of their lazy boy recliner i guess <laughs> that's true so in these coaching clinics and, and these things like that going on 
Will there be uh, giveaways or anything like that? And if there are going to be any kind of giveaways, how, how are y'all going to go about possibly giving people prizes and enticing people to come on and, and say something and voice their opinions out there? I'm going to let you answer that, Coach Cole. <laughs> well, you know, we have, a, we have a great group of vendors that usually show up every year to our clinic. Um, I think we're still in the processing stage of that, trying to figure out how we want to do it. I know we have vendors that want to uh, potentially give things away. I think it's going to be how do we get that done? Because normally we do a raffle ticket, not raffle tickets, a door prize. You get a door prize ticket when you walk into a clinic session, and then we give away things that way. But I, I hope and that we can figure out a way to get that done because obviously, you know, we are very grateful to those vendors that always donate things and, you know, being able to reward things to our coaches as they're, as they're there at the clinics. But we're definitely studying that, looking at it, and seeing how we can best move forward with that. And hopefully we can figure out something here in the next few days of how that's going to work out. Now, will Coach Lee be having his chalk talk? No, he will not unless he sets up his own virtual thing. He might. You never know. He might sneak it on in there. You, you don't know about <laughs> Coach Lee. I got a question here, and, and you know, we're going to kind of go away from this clinic thing for a second, but this year on television, everybody got to see, tech, you know, Texas 1A six-man football out there doing their thing. And the game couldn't have been scripted any better in Hollywood. You had the big McLean Tigers coming in there before the game. People are like, oh, you know, these boys are going to run over them about 54 to 6, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they're going, they're doing their talks, and then Blum comes out. Got these old farm boys, and they're running out there. They're warming up. They're doing their thing. I'm up in the press box up there like, this game's going to be over at halftime. So we're going to go ahead and order our pizzas and get everything, blah, 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 blah. You know, not giving any credit, any chances out there. And then in Hollywood style, Ben Crockett's got the ball. He's running back. He's looking to throw the ball somewhere. Goes in the air. Bum stops him. They win the state championship. And everybody, I got people from everywhere going just like, man, I did not know six-man football rolled like that. And I'm like, dude. Yeah, there are blowouts, but when you go to a good game, that's every Friday. That There's teams that give it all they got every play. These boys are playing football. They don't know it's just about six guys. They don't know that they're, they're a few guys short of what y'all believe football to be. These kids are out there playing football and putting their hearts and minds into that. So what y'all think about that? And um, I know that has to be a big positive as we move forward, getting these games televised out there at AT&T. Yeah, you, you hit it on the nail because you couldn't have you couldn't have hoped for a, a better situation to where it was a, a very competitive game um, because you know a lot of times they are they are ended by the mercy rule and and that was a good show for us at that particular time so you know the the six man game I, I've been fortunate enough to to coach both eleven man and six man and you know as Coach Cole said earlier football is football. But I will say that six-man football has been doing the run and shoot a lot longer than 11-man football. And, and, you know, we, we kind of have a, a niche, so to speak, there. And, and it's a fun, fast-paced game. You know, we don't have – you miss a tackle and somebody's probably going to the house. So, uh, you better Definitely. teach some fundamentals and teach kids to make plays. We don't have a coach for every kid either. So, we've got our work cut out for us. Uh, I think you're right, Coach. So, you know, we were we were fortunate enough to be down on the field this year for the state championship games. And, you know, we're always down there as officers for the association. And, you know, I, Coach Thornhill may punch me in the head for saying this, but, I mean, I think we all had our doubts that Blum could do what they did. And I, I just think that's a compliment to him and his staff of what they did. And then just the game. And 
the the publicity that we were able to the, the atmosphere of that game and I can only imagine it was the same thing. I actually DVR'd it and was able to go back home and watch it. I got excited all over again watching it a second time. So I just you know hats off to our the guys before me. I know they're the ones that work so hard to get that thing moved to AT&T. The work that you know Coach York and Coach Crompton who do so much work behind the scenes that's not seen, you know, the vice president, president, coach, you know, we, we do some interviews and things like that, but those guys are the ones really behind the scenes working so hard to get publicize us in our game. And, and they, those guys deserve to get a lot of credit for what they do. You know, I know that coach Dover prior to coach York, you know, he worked really hard with UIL to push, to keep things. I'm sorry, before coach uh, Crompton to get the games at at and and keep them there. And that's just the hard work those guys before us did to get our kids the sample this if the other ones get and opportunities to be seen on that big stage is, is huge for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're not too far from people showing up out there at AT&T, you know, that, that have nothing to do with six man football. You give it one or two years and they're going to be like, Hey, the whole family, we're, we're going up there to watch them all. You know, we're watching two six man games and then we're going two way and up. And, you know, there are a lot of people who do that. I think you guys made the billing for quite a few people out there because it is uh, it's still being talked about today as far as that game. Oh, my gosh, that was one heck of a ball game there. There, uh, You know, the one the week before that was a heck of a ball game as well. <laughs> I still can't um, talk about that. <laughs> I know you can't. I know you can't. But, <laughs> but it was a great game. That was one of the best games I've seen in a very long time. Um, so I got to see two weeks of very, very good games. Coach York, Coach Cole, thank you so much for being on with us tonight. We appreciate what you do with the Texas Six-Man Coaches Association. I know all the coaches around the state really do appreciate that as well. well we, like Coach Cole said earlier, we, we appreciate all that 1A fan does for, for our, our level of play, not just football, but across the board, whether it's baseball, track, basketball, volleyball. You guys have, have done an amazing job of, of helping put our show out there for people to see. And, you know, we, we do truly appreciate it. Kudos to y'all. Well, thank you. Uh, we absolutely love doing it. And I've just found a bunch of six-man uh, people, well, people from six-man towns that absolutely love six-man and 1A, all things 1A. And it's definitely all of our passion. Uh, to do this so it's it's all of our hobby we don't do this as a, as a full-time paying job actually it pays nothing but that's fine because when you have a passion that you absolutely love and adore it, it doesn't matter if you make one red cent because you well, just have so it, much it all, fun it all starts somewhere too though that's it true. all starts somewhere <laughs> so. We just love doing it. Uh, we love that we can give the kids some time, some pictures, uh, video, anything that we can do for the kids, uh, we try to do it. So if either one of you have any ideas on what we can do to showcase our kids more, you know, you can always let us know. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. Well, we're going to try to spread ourselves out. We try to get uh, to games that we haven't been the week, the year before. And I've already been told by Coach York, do not come to Paducah the first day of, of practice. Um, I, right. did that, I did that last year, and uh, he thinks I made him lose. So <laughs> It was an omen. 
It was an omen. Ah, every oh, time I show up at your game, you're going to say, you need to go. <laughs> Bobby, they're going to say it's like getting your picture on the cover of EA Sports, you know, like Tom Brady or, or Michael Vick or somebody like that. Got a curse going on. Well, hey, there, there's more to that story, though. She showed up the first year. Or the first year, she showed up at every town around us, but didn't show up here. <laughs> I, I so went all I the way around it. <laughs> and, and then she showed up. I'm like, oh, gosh, this is a bad deal. And it turned out being a bad deal. <laughs> but I always try to call and warn you that I'm coming. So, <laughs> you know, you're not surprised. <laughs> no. You're always welcome. You're always welcome. And Coach Call Never Fear, we're trying to get east. Um, last year, Dency went down to East Texas. She parked her a little RV trailer at a state park and she hit about 18 six man towns in the East. And, um, she's thinking about doing that again this year. She actually came and saw us last year. I was, I was, uh, she showed up and I was actually like, my kids are standing out there. We're doing something. They said, coach, there's some lady walking up here. I was like, who's that? So of course she was there. It was, it was great having her there. We really appreciated her being there. And, uh, of course the kids love any publicity they can get. They think it's the greatest thing in the world. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, we actually have Instagram, and most of our audience are kids, are 1A kids. And when they get their picture on Instagram, sometimes they'll put comments like they're 1A famous. <laughs> and it always, it always makes us feel really good that, you know, they think they're famous because they got on Instagram. We've been having lots of contests and stuff, Sending, send us your water tower pictures, send us your workout videos and pictures and they're really good about those um, I know Dency's real busy getting those up I think she was doing it every 30 minutes because she'd have 50 or 60 in the hopper so um, it's getting bigger and anything we can do to help uh, push the kids to get them a little notoriety the good kind the good kind so thank you so much for being with us tonight. We hope the coaching clinic goes well. It starts in two weeks. Is that correct? Next week, two weeks. July 7th, the first of Tuesday, July 7th. July 7th. All right. Well, I hope you have a good turnout. And I'm sure all the six-man coaches are looking forward to, to going to that. Have a good evening. You too. Thank okay. you all. Okay, we'd like to say thank you to Coach Cole and Coach York out there. Uh, we'd like to thank them for their vision and their leadership. Going through times that are so tumultuous as these and showing that the best of us is yet to come and we can always strive to do better and move forward. And, Bobby, I think we've got everybody in the right places. We just need everybody to keep them in their hearts and minds and thoughts because we are moving into uncharted waters here. But together, we're all going to cross that line and maybe one day everybody get AT&T Stadium. That's true. And we'd like to remind you all to give them a little compassion and patience because if you are working full time and you've had to go through the COVID-19 ups and downs the last few months, you will understand how um, everything changes very quickly and without any it doesn't matter who you are, you have to figure out what you're going to do quickly and you have to do so in a team environment. So with that, please be pa uh, compassionate and patient with the admin at your school. And for those of you out there making the decisions, good luck. We're all in the same boat and 
will be there behind you supporting you. So I guess it's my turn, Boo Boo, to, to do the quote. So this week's quote is by my favorite author, Anonymous. <laughs> oh, speak kindly today so when tomorrow comes, you will be in good practice. So from all of us out here at Texas 1A Fan, to all of you at home, from our minds to your hearts, go forth and do good. <laughs>